0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: What's up, everyone? Thank you so very much for tuning in to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I am your co-host, Chandler Rollett, and today I have the great honor of interviewing the one and only Will Slickers. Cue the intro.
2: Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
3: All
1: right, this is it. Today is the day. The script has been flipped. Will, welcome
4: to your own show. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are too kind. I appreciate it.
1: I'm sure this is probably a weird experience for you, not being the one firing the questions off, having the questions fired at you.
4: <laughs> yeah. Having a show where I've interviewed everybody else and then now being interviewed, it's a little interesting, but I'm excited, man. I'm really excited.
1: So the podcast has come a very long way from that very first episode you released about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that caught my eye in those earlier episodes is you never really introduced yourself. You never gave your background, your story. Who is Will Slickers? Where did
4: you come from and where do you want to go? Well, uh, I can tell you where I came from. And uh, I came from a small town in Washington State uh, called Stanwood. Uh, I'm the seventh of seven children. I have a twin brother. I have five sisters. And just my whole life, I've always been with people. I've always been involved in people and big groups. I, I have nine nieces and nephews and been with them since I was 10 and just loved being around people. And so that kind of gave me that sense of, you know, I love people and I love serving people and I love just overall, you know, the little moments and, you know, like we talk about in an episode uh, with Welcome Box, you know, it's just about enhancing moments and about the, you know, connections that we have with each other as a human. And so uh, really from there, I think that's where my passion and love for hotels really um, kind of came through. Is from being around your family. And- yeah. Exactly. Family has been huge. And no matter what it was, like, I've never been like an outdoors person or indoors person. Like as long as I'm with people or like a good group, I'm, I'm really satisfied and happy. Um, especially just because I like just to hang out and laugh and Mm -hmm. have fun. So how did you get started in the
1: hospitality
4: industry? How long have you been in it? Well, I've been in for about a little over four years now. Um, it all got started when I moved to Spokane. Uh, I started a small business called Slick Industries where I was uh doing a chauffeur and events. But um prior to that, um uh, the idea of the business came from when I got laid off from uh, a job working for a power company in Spokane. Um and I had, you know, no job, I was doing Uber. And uh that's where I kind of like created the chauffeur and event company that I had. And um when I was picking up to the guests at the Davenport Grand in Spokane, this four star autograph collection Marriott property, 716 rooms, 60,000 square foot, you know, the whole clean luxury. I think it was not even a year, you know, it was a little over a year that the property has been open. And I just remember seeing these guys in the slick suit and just clean haircuts and just that whole business attire and the ambiance in the lobby, like through the glass doors on the ballet, was just so attractive so attractive and i was in my own suit and tie at the time and my my uh uh, mazda six and i was just loving the whole look that they had so from there um i just knew that i wanted to work in hotels i just saw it and uh i remember a conversation i had with my friend my best friend out in florida sammy p so sam if you're listening to this episode here's your shout out um We were in my living room and, you know, starting a business, I didn't want to do any loans or I didn't have any time to get an investor. I just really went with it. I just took off. And um, so he was like, yeah, man, just get, you know, like a car washing job or get, uh, you know, a job at a gas station or something. Like, just get something because they're paying, you know, like $13 an hour. That should be good enough for you to pay your rent and whatever else you need. And uh, I remember that moment picking up those guests at the Grand and I was like, nope. I'm going to work at the best hotel in the area. That's what I'm going to do. And so I created my my resume and uh, went out to every hotel in the city. And I think the DAV was the last one I ever applied at and uh, got the job from there. Good old Papa paluso Oh, no, man. Papa Paluso. For anybody that's ever worked at the Davenport or knows anybody there, um, Eric Peluso was the uh, front office manager at the time. And he I went in with a suit and tie, clean haircut. And my resume with no hospitality or hotel experience, and um, he really gave me my chance. He took a took a shot on me, and here I am. So the Davenport Grand was your first hotel experience. Yeah, that, first one. that was what
1: jump started your career in the hospitality industry.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like my my first year, I don't think I was as invested as I am now. Um, obviously, because I had a business that I was running on the side, but about a year into it I realized I was in love with hotels like picking up those guests in when I was their uber driver was the start and the first like oh my gosh like I want to be in hotels but it didn't really hit me until after you know uber really took over and you know running a chauffeur business against uber it's really hard and pretty much impossible yeah so I closed my business officially and just went hotels full-time and stay at the DAV for about I would say two and a half years and of course it's where you and I met so. yeah well and I think at
1: that time that I came on Well keep in mind me and this is where me and Will met the, he is the one that taught me everything I knew about that property he taught me all the policies the procedures the ins and outs of the Davenports mm-hmm. and and I remember we had this conversation about owning hotels. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that really jump started our relationship was that yeah. we both have a love for the hospitality world. And
4: yeah, definitely.
1: That that was just an amazing moment to meet someone that has so much love and passion in
4: this industry. Like, I yeah, it was. It was a really cool connection. And again, like we've talked about in other episodes, it's about enhancing moments. It's about connection. It's about the people exactly. and building those relationships. And that's what's really the best part about it, like the satisfaction that I get from what we do. So, yeah, our relationship has been awesome. It's, we've really taken off from Davenport and Spokane to now living with each other in Seaside, doing what we do. And yeah, it's been an amazing journey. So
1: it truly has. Uh, what, what came after the Davenport? Because I know you moved out here to the coast, but I never actually like knew what you were doing out here for sure. Like yeah. I one day I got on Facebook and I saw that you had posted a podcast episode. Yeah. And I was like what are you doing will? <laughs> I was kind of it don't get me wrong I loved it i list, I've listened to every episode and it is amazing Thank the man. amount of love and care you put into it
4: well uh yeah man i I just felt stagnant and after closing my business, um you know I was at the hotel in Spokane for about two and a half years and I really like I knew the hotel very well. I knew the industry or at least the market over there very well. Um, but you know, being an entrepreneur and like having that, you know, buzz going from, you know, having your own business and being your own boss and kind of creating something. Um, I became, I felt stagnant. I wasn't learning. I didn't know what ADR was. I didn't know what RevPAR or. And those um, are very, those are like the foundation terminology. We use it every day. Exactly. Every day. So, you know, not knowing what that was and how to learn about it and, you know, do all the calculations with it and the predictions and their management with it. Um, I really just, you know, I was, I'm young, I'm single, no kids. And, uh, I always grew up when growing up, I always came out to the beach with my family for a week vacation. And it was just a place where I felt like I could be happy and, you know, can't, what, Who could be wrong or mad with their life when you live four blocks from the beach? So I took that and my love for hotels, and you know, being in such a big hotel for my first property, you know, seven hundred and sixteen rooms, sixty thousand feet of square foot of um, event space. I really wanted to dial it down and see what it was like to be in a smaller environment, Mm -hmm. and so
1: kind of take a step back and. Get more of a feel of what makes a hotel
4: a hotel. Yeah. And completely different market too. So that was just kind of where I went and I, you know, loved the beach. So I moved and uh, worked for a few different properties and um, tried, you know, being a restaurant manager for a little bit and all the other stuff, but I really found my place where I'm at now. And yeah, man, when I first created the podcast, it was crazy just because being so driven and hungry for what we do that you and I talk about on a daily basis or that we talk about on a weekly basis in our revenue management meetings or whatever meetings that we have going. Um, I've always been a big podcast fan. So, Yeah, like TED Talks, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I got the – actually, it's funny that you mentioned the idea of Slick Talk came from a few different things, uh, but one of the main ones was TED Talks. I always loved Ted talks and I've watched a few hospitality ones. And so I remember telling a friend back in Spokane that I was like, Oh, I'm going to create a podcast called slick talk. And she was like, Oh yeah, maybe when you're big and famous, like in a hotel. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it now. And, uh, I did it and I based it off of slick talk or sorry, Ted talks. But, um, it really morphed into something completely different than I ever thought it would be. But, um, Tony Robbins and Gary V. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard me like listen to them or put them on you know the oh, computer yeah. but um, they have some inspirational stuff like really inspirational especially like the documentary on Netflix and there was no good pot like there's a couple you know of my competitor podcasts out there that you know are the top one or two and uh, no offense but I'm on top three um, but it, there was nothing out there for the people that wanted to learn. There was nothing out there that was creative that caught my eye or caught my attention and that was educational, but also, you know, creative. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I really dove in into what Slick Talk could be. It was for people like you, me, or maybe people that have been in the industry for 10 years, but never really gotten the opportunity to be taught the stuff that we're learning and doing on a daily basis. So that's where I really just kind of dove in with the whole Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and just went running with it Mm. and i think that it clearly shows in
1: your day-to-day life thank you and i it's going to show in the things to come i can tell you that for a fact because there are some pretty pretty amazing things on the
4: horizon well it's just like i never thought i would be interviewing guests like i never like i thought about it and i thought it'd be cool but i never thought it would actually come to the point that it's at like
1: how how did you and your first guest speaker, how did that
4: like how did you make that connection and how did you get the episode rolled out? It was kind of crazy and I didn't believe it was real when it happened because I just posted like I created like maybe five or six episodes just by myself mm. and just quick, maybe like five, ten minute, fifteen minute podcast episodes. Um, and my I just posted one about OTA's and third parties and kind of like what to watch out for you know because like in the hotel industry we've always been taught you know OTAs are bad and I kind of gave my opinion about it and then I got an email from a guy named Adam Knight who's been on the show he's my first guest speaker and uh he was like hey man I'm a 20-year veteran in the hotel hospitality industry and operations and all this other stuff and I was just like there's no way like This has to be a scam. Yeah, I was like, I've only created six episodes. Like, there's no way. And uh, so I looked him up and did my follow up and got all the details. And he was true. And so we started talking, and that created the first episode. And then from the episode that we posted, it it took off. Like, I was shocked on the responses that we got. So he and I linked up again and made two more, and we created a little series. And to this day, like. I'm still getting messages about it. Just about, you know, so you want to be a hotel manager, you know, hospitality versus service and all that good stuff. And it's been really awesome just to still reflect on that time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just an email that we got. And then from him, I was like, oh, this is really fun. <laughs> and then I'm intrigued. I, yeah. I, uh, the guest speaker side of things is just really a fun way to have an open conversation about the topics in the industry. So, that's where it kind of took off with everybody else i've you know did a lot of reaching out on my own and got a lot of no's uh, but then a lot of promoting and just putting the podcast out there uh, really got a lot of other people intrigued and wanting to be on the show so here we are today about to have one of our biggest guest speakers uh I've ever done and never thought I would actually get on the show this early. I thought this would be like a five-year thing, like five years later, maybe they'll join the show, but. Oh, come on, man. But still like, you never think about like your biggest inspiration or like biggest love. I love the revenue and analytics side. Like I'm a huge numbers person, obviously the people too, but, but to have just the overall, experience that we're being able to create like going from zero listeners to 2500 and to all the excellent things that we're about to do especially now that you're joining me it just adds a whole new dynamic to the show and what it's become not just an audio and learning and creative platform but you know everything else that we're on the works on
1: no i'm very excited for us to start implementing a video aspect to it
4: yeah that that
1: is one thing that I'm really looking forward to having on the hospitality podcast.
4: Well, it's just so cool because you know when I was gone for my annual training, we got sponsored by Spotify, mm-hmm. and with Spotify, they have a lot. They're the biggest, you know, one of the biggest music streaming and podcast um, platforms now, and especially since they bought Anchor, which is what we create our podcast on, and distribute to all channels. I just it was like you know what videos need to be made. This is the time that we need to add some add a face like a literal face to the show. Um, mm-hmm. As much as everybody loves to listen, I know there's people that want to watch. So that's kind of where, where oh, we're going,
1: and they they are going to watch, especially with some of the trips we have planned. Yeah, to document our hotel experiences, I think I think the listeners are really going to enjoy that.
4: Same. Same here. I'm really excited.
1: But what, what are some of your goals? What is – what is like er, earlier, previously you mentioned that you didn't think that this next host that you were going to have on the show would be coming on this soon. You said that it was going to be like a five-year down the road thing. Yeah. What is like your five-year plan? Like let's, let's break it – let's look at a five-year – Yeah, as the big big scope, and then let's narrow it down to like one year, and let's narrow it down to like a six months, a month. Like, what are some of
4: the next month? I can tell you that for sure. Uh, Definitely some more podcast episodes, learning the video editing side of things and getting creative with that. And then I'm really excited. Excuse me, if everyone's watched the social media pages. we actually have merch coming out. So again, that was something I figured would happen in like, you know, the two year plan. Uh, Now that we're into a year, a year and a half, but I consider a year because of the actual takeoff point, but a year into it. now we have hoodies, shirts and mugs coming out. So I'm really excited for that. Like just how cool it is to have slick talk, the hospitality podcast on a sweatshirt or a mug just really makes me excited. So that for sure is going to happen in the next month. So, if anybody's listening, go to slicktalkthehospitalitypodcast.com. There is a pre order form. Fill that out, submit it, and I'll make sure that everybody gets what they want from the merch. Um, so, that's next month, but the next year. Oh man, 2020. <laughs> 2020. I'm like, I don't want to say it, but I want to say it. Uh, but not yet. No, not yet. But I think getting the podcast. Like I said, I created this podcast to be a learning and creative aspect for everyone that's hungry and desiring to learn more and to grow. And I'm excited to actually say that we're going to get that platform, not just audio and visual, but we're going to have that actual learning experience. And it's going to be live and it's going to be huge. So that is the biggest thing. Like I said, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to give anything away as much as I want to so bad. But bottom line is... For the listeners that are hungry and
1: do want to progress in the industry, there is going to be something very special for you to attend.
4: Very special. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say from there because I swear I'm going to give it away. <laughs> um, so I know. Uh, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard. but Well, it's, like, it's something that's been in the works forever. And to finally see it on paper and to become Actual Life, uh, working with such a cool team like you um, and another guy from Spokane who's done like video and photography for Post Malone and a few other big artists. And then of course, all our hotel connections that we're forming. Um, I really just want to spill the beans, but I'm not going to. So, but other big picture, like I would say not only creating such a like visual and audio and live platform, I really want. And just like you, I really want to be a hotel owner. I'm really excited for the day that I open up my doors Mm -hmm. to my first guests. And there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of journey ahead to get to that point. But all in all, like that is what I'm focusing on.
1: Why do you want to own a hotel? And what kind of experience do you want to provide at this hotel?
4: Well, I want to own multiple. And there's not just multiple for the multiple sake or the brand's sake, but I'm, like I said, I'm a huge family guy. And my nieces and nephews have been the biggest, and my brother, my brother for sure. But my nieces and nephews have been like my own. From the moment they were born, they've been involved in my life in every aspect. And um, so to own a hotel and name it after each and one of them, every single one, Um, I have, you know, a list of names written down and kind of like what I would create. A couple are inns, a couple are, you know, conference hotels, a couple are maybe a five-star Ritz Carlton type brand. Um, It's just, it all depends on their personality and the memories I've had with them and just kind of the tie with their name. So that for sure is what um, really inspired. And I want to create like you, I, I want to create a place where people can just go to and connect and mm. create memories and find that connection whether uh, themselves or their family or friends or nature, whatever it is. the The experiences is, is endless. There's it's no, an endless
1: opportunity, exactly. Out there. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about hotels is yeah. it's. Hotels are not just a building. It is so much more than that. It's the people that it's work big. there. It's the people that come and stay. It's...
4: The food you eat.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah.
4: sleep in. The, yeah, it's the drinks you drink. It's the, the, the laughs you have, the, the smiles, the tears, the everything. I've mm. cried in hotels. I've laughed in hotels. I've slept all day in a hotel. Like, <laughs> there's so many things that, you know, go into it. So... That is the overall goal. I would love to also, I don't know, this kind of goes into something that we can't spill about, but I'd also love to do like a podcast tour. I always thought that would be sweet, like to just have a crew of people that film and audio and do like live Q&As at specific hotels or resorts um, just to, again, engage the audience at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here to do as hoteliers is to connect with people, and provide experiences. And I think a hotel podcast on tour would be one really cool way to do it.
1: Oh, a very informative way too. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of these upcoming hoteliers need is they need, uh, yeah, we live in a digital age where information is at our fingertips, but hotels are, it's a person to person.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: Kind of an environment. And I think that have if we can bring in the battle worn experienced hoteliers that have years and years of knowledge and wisdom under their belts. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if we can bring those people in with the new and upcoming, it will be a very beautiful thing.
4: I agree. Yeah. The, the thing that always like got me was that there's all these conferences that we can go to, but you know, they're pretty expensive and you know, a little harder on the pocketbook, especially if you're beginning in the hotel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I always wanted to bring, you know, like what if we did a live Q and a with a bunch of hoteliers or executives that have been in 20, 15, you know, 30, 40 years and did live Q and a and have brought that with the podcast and did it on property where people could attend and do multiple, multiple things with it. So that's really where I think it, again, it comes down to the creativity and kind of changing the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not even
1: just directed towards hoteliers, but maybe
4: guests, yeah. like guests
1: that are kind of curious on what make, like what makes their experience, their experience. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love
4: it. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me, man. I, I just, we're, we're here for a reason. I finally felt, you know, that this is our this is our reason. Not just the podcast, but again, the connecting, the building of memories, the overall experiences that we're gonna create. So well, hey,
1: I gotta say thank you for letting me sit down, pick your brain. And I'm sure everyone that's listening right now, they're thankful for it as well. So till next time, guys, this is Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your co-host, Chandler Rollett, and this man right next to me. Is a mastermind, Will
4: Slickers. Have a great time, guys. We'll uh, keep you posted on upcoming episodes. Um, Of course, the merch is coming out. So get ready to rock and wear some of that Slick Talk merch. And um, anything that you guys are looking for out of the podcast, always feel free to message and inquire. There's a specific page on the website for that. So go ahead and submit anything you'd like. We look forward to talking to you guys very soon. Also,
2: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.
3: So they can increase their activity rates um, and then uh, increase their gross revenues as well. So I'm really excited about that um, that product. Um, and then we also have demographic data uh, as well. We know where travelers are coming from. That might be, uh, I guess, property managers in bigger cities, that's a bit more relevant. Um, but it's but not only uh, origin data, right, um, but also uh, what, what's their gender, what age group they're in um, uh, of the market. So that maybe is a bit more relevant to, I'd say, for the DMOs that are looking for some indication of where to put their marketing dollars. Um, so that that's an interesting product as well. But I'm, again, I'm really uh, interested in getting the reviews, analyzing those reviews, just some sediment analysis um, and kind of get into the mind of the traveler and what is important for property managers and uh, independent owners and operators to know and how to uh, improve their listing.
4: I think that's really important and huge. Like the fact that you guys are able to do that uh, and using the reviews is so Unique. It's uh, it's got its own little different um, story to it. Obviously, the guest is going to be leaving all of the information that uh, you need. But um, what I've kind of noticed is that during our revenue meetings, we can kind of see what the traveler is doing. You know, we can kind of see there's a lot of pickup here. What's going on in town? Yada yada yada. We can plan, you know, or at least get a small basic of what the guest is, uh, you know doing versus sounds like a very detailed outline of you know where they're coming from whether it's portland or seattle or california to is it a 35 year old mom with two kids or is it a you know a a single couple or a group of couples um that type of stuff is pretty pretty cool and uh i'm actually really excited for that too so i'll definitely keep my out my eye out for when that is available
3: sure thing. I'll uh, I'll let you know when uh that product launches and I'll be sure to
4: share with you kind of some uh, some samples of your area. Perfect. Um well, I just want to say thank you Victor so much for being on the show um and just giving us your insight and your information is really important and I think it's just overall I'm really thankful to have um all the rooms represented on on Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Uh we will talk again soon for sure. Um I have a lot of stuff I want to throw out your guys' way, so Um, I look forward to speaking to you again in the future, my friend.
3: Fantastic. I I look forward to it.
4: Thank you, Victor. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple
0: Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. blowing up right now and fried chicken's blowing up right now and we're southern right i'm southern the chef's southern so so we decided uh and see how it goes it also gave us like this beautiful opportunity for people that love what we do for a living to like enjoy it at a way more accessible price point right there's between sixteen dollars and sixty dollars So, you know, we launched that and the corporation food hall right down the street from us. Um, And, you know, that has been incredibly difficult and a total learning experience, Um, but fruitful and, you know, educational. And that, you know, it it was through that experience that I gained a whole new appreciation for fine dining. And, you know, I really feel like my home, my focus is in fine dining. I think that. uh, Mm I need more than five minutes with someone. As creepy as that sounds, you know, like when you come to my restaurant, I really want the opportunity to wine and dine you and to show you an amazing time. And in fast casual, it's really hard to do that because it's
5: it's a grab and go model, you know? Exactly. And I was going to say, you probably are able to have a little bit more time. Like you said, it's, it's a wine and dining experience. Nobody wants to, you know, just grab something head out or sit in a casual setting where they can just you know blow off stuff and then you know dip out after five minutes i think a, a fine dining restaurant experience is all about the atmosphere and the conversation and the the laughs the um serious moments the feeling like you're the only two people in the room type of type of experience
0: for sure man and, and it's you know we in, in and I'm not I'm not talking smack about fast casual. I think fast casual is great. It's, it's a great way to make money. Um, yeah. And you know, in terms of investment, I think it's great. But with fine dining, what 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 I didn't appreciate until we had a fast casual location is what we're doing is, is we're drawing people into our world and fine dining. Right. But you leave all your worries and all your cares at the door and you're in our world where you're hearing our music and you're seeing our people and you're looking at our artwork, and you're dining with our food, and, you know, and, and it's all, you're able to create this environment and take people into another world, you know, and it's all the little things that I don't think they notice, that they get, like, we're Southern, right? So, like, we our napkins are denim, which is, like, fun and cool and different, and, you know, it's all of these little nuances that we put together that maybe you notice, maybe you don't. But overall, it leads to an experience that leads to a feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully that feeling is of warmth and comfort and home. You know, we, we, we make a concerted effort to spend less time explaining to people how we do things and a lot more time explaining why we do things. You know, not again, not to talk smack, but when you go to restaurants and they're like, oh, you know, this is our style of service and this and that and blah, blah, blah you know, with these like broad, generalized intros, you know, my preference is this, you know, it's, you know, they, my team, they walk up to the table and they say, hey, how are you? Have you ever been here before? No. Have you ever been to the South? Really? Where? Awesome. So, you know, we're inspired by a bunch of different places in the South. Um, and so, you know, what that's led to is is a menu that's based around this and a cocktail program that focuses on that. And, you know, this and this pair really well together. And, you know, a lot of people get started with this. Is that something you would be interested in? You know, and in that way, you're drawing people in, right? You're not, Definitely. you're not explaining something to them. You're sharing something with them. Uh, and you can only do that if your team cares, you know, and, and it's because again, right. Hospitality is all about nuance, especially in the hotel sector, right? It's all about the small
5: things. No, hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. So, you guys kind of found, you know, the the places to fix and to work on, and you definitely dove into, like you said, the hospitality experience, the overall, just you know, making sure your description online matches and everything is, you know, all in the same, the same structure as if uh, there's no miscommunication between you and the guest or you and the you and the the eater, so to speak. Um, but I think this is a perfect way for you to see, I think you saw another problem from when we talked on the phone, the phones, they were, you know, what was going on with the phones and why were you losing money? Cause the phones were being answered and that's how you kind of created flow. Um, kind of dive into that. I want to really hear, cause I think flow is such a unique, it's like a, to me, it's like a simple idea that became like, I don't know why nobody focused on this earlier. You know, this seems yes. like coming oh at- my
0: God. Me too. I, I felt the same way. So about a year and a half ago, my maitre de- d' quit. And it was the only position that I hadn't worked in the restaurant. And she was brilliant. And so I was like, well, I'll try it. How hard could it possibly be? Well, it's really hard. Um, but the first thing I did to kind of dive in was I forwarded 100% of the calls from the restaurant.
2: For a user, it goes to something that is a bit clunky, it maybe doesn't even look like the same site that you're looking at, and then you're expecting a user to make uh, that big purchase of you know $600 on a card in, in something that they um that looks totally different than the website they were looking at. Um, but I guess the, the main thing um, to me that will convince someone to book on your site is your value proposition why make the effort on this site over that site that you've got open with all your car details in with all these strike-through pricing and that's um, really that you need to make your site the no-brainer, the, the option um, for that visitor to, to book on. So is, it's an extra, it's a value add, it's a deal, it's got to be irresistible for them to, to look at and say why actually would I go back into that tab and, and book somewhere else. So this is where you've got to think a little bit bigger as a hotel and be strategic because um, so the user, they don't have too much of a fuss where they book, and in fact, they'll book where it's easier, maybe. But if you can make it, the, dangle that carrot, let's say. So it can be monetary, it could be cheaper, it could be a, a member's rate that you literally leave your email and you get a 10% discount and you won't find it. Reinforce that your site is the best place to book it, that you at least have parity, which not many people know from, from an end user. Um, but then you can also add extras. So maybe it could be something similar like a work drink, um, a cocktail. It could be um, one of our hotels had something quite interesting that they used. They said that if we have an upgrade available, if it's available, so they're not, they're not promising it. But if you're a direct booker and you come to our hotel and if there's an upgrade available on the day of your stay, we'll give you that for free. Um, so a really nice way of doing it, a VIP style benefit. You get an extra hour, you know, maybe on a checkout or you get a 20% voucher off our of food and beverage services to increase the sort of um, usage of the restaurant. So maybe people wouldn't even use a lot of these things. But just the idea that you're getting something extra, that value add, um, really convinces people um, more than you think to actually book Um, direct with you and people generally do like the feeling of booking direct with a hotel there's a kind of psychological impact that if i book it here then the reservation will be there when i go into check for the hotel rather than this third party weaving it back through so that's what i'd say and and try and put some of those messages as well on the checkout flow because they might well go into your booking engine to just verify those prices so try and push them through a little bit further into making that effort to put their details in well
4: i think i think It it definitely is like for all the owners or executives that are listening and watching. uh, It just kind of goes back down to the point. Make the investment into a proper website. Make the investment into a good booking engine because at the same time. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in.